بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد ونبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال سئل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن أكثر ما يدخل الناس الجنة قال تقوى الله وحسن الخلق وسئل عن أكثر ما يدخل الناس النار فقال الفم والفرج رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح Abu Hurairah narrates that Rasulullah was asked with regards to what would be the most effective or the greatest cause of people entering into paradise. To this Rasulullah responded, Taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the beautification and perfection of one's akhlaq and character. Conversely, Rasulullah was asked as to what will be the greatest factor which will cause people to enter into Jahannam, into hellfire, to this, Sallallahu responded. And up to this point, we had discussed quite in detail. And yesterday we were discussing the first part of this response where Sallallahu said, Al-Fam, in other words, the mouth. Or... More simply, the utterances of the tongue. Not exercising caution in utilizing one's tongue. Allah's Rasul said this more than anything else will cause people to enter into hellfire. Famous hadith of Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, which we discussed yesterday where Rasulullah practically demonstrated to Mu'az by holding his tongue with his Mubarak fingers. And he said, Amlik alayka lisanak. That Mu'az, control your tongue. Gain control over this tongue. Because in reality, the tongue is a serpent. The, destruct, the destructive ability that Allah Ta'ala has kept in the tongue, ribat, backbiting, cursing, swearing, hurting the feelings of others. We find we enter into business transactions, business deals, and things don't go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, then the sky is the limit. We feel that we can inflict whatever hurt we want on the next person without any consideration or concern or worry about accountability. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the Kaabatullah and he said how pure, how beautiful, how sacred you are. And then Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the dignity and honor of a Muslim is more sacred than you are. So to swear someone's mother and you get angry with them or to insult someone's relative or, some, or somebody that is beloved and near to the next person. According to Shariat and according to Deen, this is a greater crime than destroying the Kaaba. This is something, unfortunately, this realization of the destructive effect of the tongue in our day-to-day lives, unfortunately, is not there. MashaAllah, to some extent, People that make tahajjud are still there amongst us in great numbers. People that 
keep extra roza, fast, Monday and Thursday also is great, in great numbers is there amongst us. The level of baddini also is great, but alhamdulillah, to a large extent, all these various ibadat, people that are meticulous, regular in the recitation of Qur'an, etc., giving great qurbani and sacrifice in tabliq, in other lines of deen, all this is there. Deen hasn't died out. But when it comes to this, controlling one's tongue, developing one's akhlaq and character, here, unfortunately, as an ummat, we fail miserably. And the sad reality is the realization of the effects and the harm is not there. One hadith Rasulullah sallallahu said, He said, Inna rajula la yatakallamu bil kalima. He said, sometimes a person, if you look at the siyaq, if you look at the manner of the expression of the hadith, in other words, in a very light way, Inna rajula la yatakallamu bil kalima. Nabi sallallahu said, a man will say something. لا يتكلم بالكلمة لا يلقي لها بالن. He won't even give what he said a second thought. لا يلقي لها بالن. In layman's translation, this is what it means. He won't give what he said even a second thought. But what will be the effect of it? فهو يهبي به في النار سبعين خريفة. As a result of what he said, he didn't give it a second thought. He just spoke it. Didn't even regard it as something very significant or severe. Allah's Rasulullah said, as a result of that, he will be thrown 70 years into Jahannam. He will fall 70 years depths into Jahannam. He will fall because of an utterance that he didn't even give a second thought to. This is how dangerous and how destructive the tongue is. Really, the tongue is the root to make your jannat or destroy your jannat. One sahabi, Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his actual name is Simak bin Kharshana radiallahu ta'ala anhu, it's mentioned about him. Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ Allah ta'ala speaks of the sabiqeen awaleen. Sabiqeen awaleen means Sahaba all were Jannatis. Sahaba are the leading group after Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam comes the maqam and status of Sahaba. Among Sahaba also there was a difference of rank. There were those that were called Sabiqeen awaleen. They were right in front. Normally we talk of Badri Sahaba. 313 that took part in Badr. But even higher ranking than the Badri Sahaba is we find that ulama say up to 200 or 220 sahaba would, were, had this maqam, had this distinction that they had taken part in all the expeditions from Badr right till the end. And one such sahabi was Abu Dujana or Simak bin Kharshana radiallahu ta'ala anhu. From Badr right till the end. His, the, the status that he enjoyed in the sight of Rasulullah was such that when Nabi sallallahu went for Hajjatul Wada. The farewell hajj. He appointed Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala as the Amir of Medina in the absence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's mentioned about Abu Dujana. The reason I'm mentioning just a little bit of the background of the Sahabi is to give us some idea the importance of the advice that the Sahabi gave or the cognizance that Sahaba would give to the utterance of the tongue. 
in Uhud, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam stood in front of Sahaba and he raised his sword and he said, who, who will take the sword? Who will take the sword of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and utilize it? All the Sahaba stood up. Each one was eager to receive the sword of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Who will take the sword and utilize it to its haqq? So in other words, fulfill the responsibility of the sword of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hearing this, all became afraid and sat down. Three sahaba remained standing. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Zubair bin Awam. Zubair bin Awam is the son of the aunt of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In other words, the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the third was Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala. Nabi Islam didn't give the sword to Umar and he didn't give the sword to Zubair bin Awam. He gave the sword to Abu Dujana, Simak bin Kharshana radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Zubair bin Awam radiallahu And when Abu Dujana took the sword, he said, Ana alladhi ahadani khalili. Ana alladhi ahadani khalili wa nahnu bis safhi ladan nakhili. Allah akuma fi dahri fi al-kayuli wa adribu bi sayf Allahi wa rasuli The crux of what he said is that I have received the sword of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My Khalil sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my dear and closest and beloved has given me his sword. Wa adribu bi sayf Allahi wa rasuli This is the sword of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and I will utilize it correctly. The enemy had gathered and they had... So Zubair bin Awam radiallahu said, I felt hurt in my heart. And Nabi Islam hadn't given me the sword. Why did he give it to Abu Dujana? What's so special about Abu Dujana? So he said, I decided to follow him to see what was so special. Why Nabi Islam gave him the sword? So he said, Abu Dujana fought with great bravery and courage. In fact, he cut through the lines, the enemy lines. And at the back of the enemy lines, it was a system... It was the culture at that time they used to bring their women with them. And the women used to sing poems of war to incite the men, to give them encouragement. Like you know you find in a, today in this soccer match or cricket match they have these uh, songs that are ch- uh, chanted and sung in order to encourage the players. So like that the women used to come onto the battlefield amongst the kuffar. And they would sing these songs. نَحْنُ بَنَاتُ طَارِقِي نَمْشِ عَلَى النَّمَارِقِي أَدُّرُّ فِي الْمَخَانِقِي وَالْمِسْكُ فِي الْمَفَارِقِي إِن تُقْبِلُوا نُعَانِقِي أَوْ تُدْبِرُوا نُفَارِقِي غِفِرَاكُ غَيْرُ غَامِقِي We are the daughters of the stars. Misk perfume is in the strands of our hair. And our hairs are interspersed with pearls. أَدُّرُّ فِي الْمَخَانِقِي if you will go ahead, we will embrace you. If you will fall back, we will desert ourselves from you. We, don't have, we want nothing to do with you. Poems like that would be sung to give courage to the warriors. So Abu Dujana reached inadvertently right till the line or the suf of the women. And amongst the women was Hinda, the wife of Abu Sufyan, late, the one who had chewed the liver. Later on she chewed the liver of Hamza radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Later on she became Muslim. But at this point... Abu Dujana in fact brought his sword right up till the head of Hinda and then he retreated. So Zubair bin Awam radiallahu ta'ala no, after that he asked him that Abu Dujana, why didn't you carry out the dictates of the sword? You were in a position of authority. So he said, I had taken an oath to utilize the sword of Rasulullah to its haqq. 
It is against the haqq of the sword of Muhammad wasallam that that sword should be used against women or children or the elderly or the weak. This is why I retreated. Nevertheless, this is just a little bit background. This is a sahabi who took part in Badr. Badr, what did Nabi Salaam say? Allah Ta'ala ittala ala ahli Badrin faqala i'amalu ma shi'tum fa inni ghafartu lakum. Allah looked at the sahaba who took part in Badr and Allah said, from now till you die, do whatever you want, Jannat is wajib for you. Took part in Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah Quran came down. لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ Allah is happy with those who took part in, in Hudaybiyah. That's the crux of this verse of the Quran. He took part in Fatima. He took part in every expedition. And then in the latter part of his life, Abu Dujana radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion he said, Inna arja amali indi. Inna arja amali indi. What this means? If you want to put it in layman's terms, that on the day of judgment, if Allah has to ask me, that, oh Abu Dujana, I want to make you a maghfirat, I want to forgive you, I want to give you jannat. Give me some excuse. What did you do? What did you bring today on the basis of which I should forgive you? Inna arja amali indi. This is what it means. Now what we, what we expect his response to be, Ya Allah, I took part in Badr. Ya Allah, I took part in Hudaybiyah. Ya Allah, I was with your Nabi in Fateh Makkah. Great, great achievements. Yet he says, if Allah has to ask me on the day of judgment, O Abu Dujana, I want to make your maghfirat. What have you done on the basis of which I should make your maghfirat? He says that I will say to Allah, Ma adaytu ahadan bilisani. وَلَيْسَ فِي قَلْبِ غِلٌّ لِأَحَدٍ He says, I will say to Allah on the day of judgment, not Badr, not Uhud, not Hudaybiyah, not Fatih Makkah, what I will say to Allah, that I have never hurt anyone with the utterance of my tongue. مَا آذَيْتُ أَحَدًا بِلِسَانِ I have never hurt anyone with the utterance of my tongue. So this is such a great amal. This is, this will make a person's akhirat control over the tongue. This is akhlaq and character. And on the other hand, Allah's Rasul was asked, what will cause, what will be the most conducive cause and means for people to enter into Jahannam? He said, al-fam. In other words, he said, the mouth. In other words, the utterance of the tongue. The last part of the hadith, inshallah, will continue. Subhanallah. Subhanallah.